This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. I would just like to welcome everyone that's just tuned into Radio K Pulpit. This is Alana Willy for you, and I'll be with you for this next hour with my program, Body Matters. I really trust that you all had a good week and all looking forward to this long weekend. And yeah, just to celebrate Passover and just to remember what God did for us and for the Israelites and that his blood is still powerful today. And my whole talk today is going to be about the Holy Spirit. And if it wasn't about if it wasn't for Jesus that died on the cross, the Holy Spirit would not be have been sent to us. So I just want to start off with this scripture in John 16 verse 7, which says, But I tell you the truth, if it's it is for your benefit that I am going away. Unless I go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So today I'm going to chat about the Holy Spirit, the function of the Holy Spirit, and how the Holy Spirit transforms us. So let's look a little bit um, at the Holy Spirit. So it is the Holy Spirit that sets us apart from the world. So we have a spiritual entity. When you've given your life to the Lord, you have a spiritual entity inside of you which connects us to the spiritual realm. The demonic forces and the spiritual um, realm around us is also made out of demonic forces and as well as, um, you know, God's spirit. So we are children of God and in the spirit, even demons can recognize the spirit of God inside of us. You see, the Holy Spirit represents the DNA of God and his kingdom. So once we accept Jesus in our lives and we are filled with the Spirit, we actually carry the blueprints of God and His kingdom inside of us. It is because of the Spirit that we are no longer natural beings, but supernatural beings. So we are transformed through the Holy Spirit into the image of Christ. So one of the um, functions of the Holy Spirit is transformation. You see, we are children of God. And once we have the Spirit in us, we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so the Spirit, as we abide in Christ, the Spirit inside of us works in us and through us. And um, as we spend time with God and in His presence, we download the blueprint the blueprint of heaven and the blueprint of heaven is kingdom principles, which God lays upon our hearts, which gives us wisdom and understanding. And also we get to know the character of God's heart and his purpose for our lives. So when we fellowship with God, we will experience spiritual growth, healing, deliverance and restoration for our souls. You see, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to make us mature Christians as we walk out our salvation and to help us fulfill the purpose that we have in Christ. You know, the spirit inside of us is perfect. As human beings, we are not perfect, but God is perfect. Even though, I said, we as humans are not perfect in our own ability and strength, we cannot do anything. We are weak. But because we have a spirit that is perfect, 
God's word inside of us is strong. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, which says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast even more of my weakness, so that the power of God may rest upon me. You see, the Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that lives in God and in Jesus and now lives in us. If we look at Romans, 6 verse 10 it says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you you see it's the Holy Spirit in us that reveals to us the things of God therefore the Bible says we have the mind of Christ so in 1 Corinthians 2 16 it says who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. We have the blueprint of Christ inside of us, and therefore we have access to God's thoughts. You see, as believers, the Lord promises us that he will give us a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And that was the scripture I read earlier on in John 16 verse 7, which says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not... For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You see, we need help in all our situations, in every situation that we're in. And we should call on to the Holy Spirit. You see, when we need, we've got the Holy Spirit residing inside of us. And he sustains us and strengthens us and helps us in times of trouble. You see, the Holy Spirit guides us into his truth, and the Holy Spirit is also known as the Spirit of Truth, and he puts us in remembrance of God's word. Um, so look, let's look at John 16, verse 13, that says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard from the Lord. He will tell you about the future. So from, from conception, the devil has been lying to us about our identity, authority, and purpose in Christ. And without the Spirit of truth, we will, will be deceived. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and discernment sometimes what we think is good is not always godly that is why the Lord says that we should not rely on our own understanding of things and if we look at Proverbs 3 5 to 6 it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight you see, it's only through the Spirit that we can prophesy because the Spirit will tell us things to come and reveal God's heart to us regarding any situation that we find ourselves in. You see, God is all-knowing. He knows the beginning from the end. And as I mentioned previously, that in the Old Testament, Testament, not everyone had the Spirit. You see, God gave His Spirit to the prophets, the priests, and the king so that they could obey Him and be His spokesperson or representative on this earth. If we look at 1 Samuel 16 13, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. You see, today the Spirit 
is not just available to the priest or the prophets or the king, but today the Holy Spirit is available to everyone who chooses Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. You see, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Let's read um, out of Joel 2.28 that says, Then afterwards, the Lord says, in the, in this is in the Old Testament, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Young sons and daughters will prophesy. You old men will dream dreams, and you young men will see visions. This prophecy has already been fulfilled, and God speaks to each one of us today. We are all God's prophets in our own way. We don't have to be a prophet, but just the fact that we can hear God's voice, we can prophesy. Um, you see, the Holy Spirit, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is also to convict us of sin and enable us to live a righteous life. You see, the Holy Spirit guides us. He reveals to us God's will in our lives, and he helps us to make right choices. He sanctifies us so that we can become all that God intended us to be. So if we look at 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. You see, we are God's children. And when we accept Jesus in our lives, you know, we cannot remain the, sta the same. We have to progress. You see, we, are, we were born to be kingdom. We, we are a royal priesthood. You know, we are God's children and we need to be transformed as we spend time with the Spirit. So we are transformed into the image of God through his Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is also our comforter and our counselor. The Holy Spirit is always with us. And the reason I say that is because the Holy Spirit resides within us. You see, God says he will never leave us nor forsake us. So it doesn't matter what we go through in life. It's the Holy Spirit that will give us strength peace and faith to get through every situation that we face. That is when we call on the Spirit. That's when we call on to God just to give us that peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds. You see, the Holy Spirit knows everything. And when we tap into the Holy Spirit, He reveals to us, He gives us wisdom in, in situations that we, we are really seeking God for answers. The Holy Spirit is also known as the Advocate or our Advocate. He makes intercession on our behalf. Even when we pray, we can pray through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we don't always know what to pray for, but the Spirit in us knows what we need more than what we know what we need. And so if I read Ephesians six eighteen, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer requests. You see, as believers, we can ask the Lord for our spiritual tongue. Some of you might have a spiritual tongue. Some of you might not have. But that is something that you can really um, ask God for, and he will give it to you. 
Romans 8.26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through worthless groans, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, and the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So sometimes we're in a situation we don't always know what God's will is, but we can always pray in the Spirit because the Spirit knows exactly what we need. You see, the Spirit also gives us power. And if we read 2 Timothy 1.17, it says, um, The Lord did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So if you think of the Spirit inside of you, that Holy Spirit, it doesn't contain fear. So the minute you step into fear or anxiety, you know you've stepped out of God's will or you've just redirected off the path. And it's God, the Spirit inside of you that gives you peace. Let's look at another scripture in Acts 1 that says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall bear witness unto me both in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the utmost parts of the earth. You see, Isaiah talks about the sevenfold, also touches on the sevenfold ministry of the Spirit. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This is on Jesus, when Jesus came. And it says it's the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. You see, these are the functions of the Holy Spirit. It gives us wisdom. It gives us understanding. The Spirit is there to comfort us in times and, and hardships. And, you know, when we really call upon him and the biggest thing is the fear of the Lord. And it's not to fear God, but to fear God in a way that is that we will know that God is awesome and powerful and nothing is impossible for him. And just lastly, to touch on what the Spirit is, because I've just been touching on what the functions of the Spirit is. But lastly, without God's Spirit, we don't have eternal life. You see, our physical bodies are going to die one day, but the Holy Spirit inside of us can never die. And as we are transformed into God's image, we become one with God's Spirit because the Spirit is within us and God is Spirit. So let's look at John 10, 10. It says, I came, God says, I came so that you may have life and life in abundance. And it doesn't mean just life on earth. It means life after death. So praise God for what he's done on the cross, because if it wasn't for what he did on the cross, he would not have sent the Holy Spirit to us. So let's take a short break and then we'll come back on how the Holy Spirit works in us to transform us. Hi, you've just tuned into Body Matters with Alana Oily for you. And I've just been sharing on the functions of the Holy Spirit. And I'll now be chatting a little bit on the topic of how we are transformed into God's image through the Spirit. So let's look at transformation. See, transformation takes place as we work out the gift of righteousness through the Holy Spirit. Um, it says that the 
that the, that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, as we spend time in God's Word, we are being sensitive and obedient to the leading of the Spirit, we can be transformed into the image of God. Now that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, as I said earlier on, when we got the Spirit inside of us, we cannot live the way we used to live. So in Titus 3, 3 to 7, it says, At one time we were too foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasure. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Now, okay, let's say that again. The washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. So once again, it talks about the Holy Spirit bringing renewal in our lives and um, the Holy Spirit bringing eternal life and hope. So as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, we are being transformed into His image by the Spirit, because the Lord has called us to be holy. You see, in Timothy 1.9, it says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. So what is God's purpose regarding transformation? You see, He wants to transform us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He wants to transform us into the original state that he intended for us from the beginning of time. And through transformation, our identities and our authority is restored in him. And through transformation, he wants to restore and establish his kingdom principles in our lives and on this earth. You see, God wants us to represent him well so that we can go out and make disciples of all nations, so that people will see something in, in us and say, you know what, you're different than everybody else because it's the Spirit of God in us that sets us apart. And through transformation, we will know our individual calling and purpose in Christ. You see, when we operate in the kingdom of heaven, we can reclaim God's rule and reign on earth and establish heaven on earth. You see, we, to, we need to remember before the Holy Spirit took residence in our bodies, we were sinners. Our minds, will, and emotions were confirmed, sorry, not confirmed, conformed to the ways of the world. But now we are, now we set our minds and our thoughts on heavenly things. We are being transformed from the natural to the supernatural. You see, we are reborn through the Spirit, meaning that our old lives are gone and we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit that has taken residence in us is also called the Spirit of Truth, as I mentioned earlier on. And part of the transformation process is to expose the lies of the enemy 
and to replace it with the truth of God and to deliver us from any bondage and mindset connected to this world. You see, the word says that we have the mind of Christ and I've mentioned that before and that is in Corinthians 1, um, 2, verse 16. So how how are we transformed? So the Bible mentions that transformation starts in the mind. We need to change the way we think. We need to take our thoughts captive and bring it under the submission of Christ. This does not take place overnight, but as we spend time in the word of God and seek him, we will grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then we are able to discern any wrong thinking or perception that contradicts the will of God. In Isaiah 4 verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. It is through the Holy Spirit that we become Become aware of the truth in every situation that we are in, and we start seeing the world and our circumstances through God's eyes. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve. What God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. To be able to renew our minds, we constantly need to be aware of what we are thinking. And if what we are thinking does not line up with the word of God, we need to reject that thought and no longer entertain it. And we need to replace it with the knowledge of truth. You see, that's why it's so important that we know the word of God, that we spend time with God. Because the Bible says, as I said earlier on, my people will perish because of a lack of knowledge. If we don't know what the word of God says, then we are going to be deceived. And we will not know when a thought comes in our mind that contradicts the word of God. You see, the minute we we entertain thoughts from the enemy for too long, that thought eventually becomes the truth and it establishes a stronghold whereby the enemy has access to our thoughts. One lesson the Holy Spirit taught me um, that was that every time when I was irritable or angry or depressed or emotional, the Holy Spirit would say, what were you thinking about? Just go back and think about what you were thinking. And most of the times when I was um, thinking negative thoughts, um, my emotions would obviously become negative. And I realized that my thoughts impacted my emotions, which eventually determined my actions. You see, if we think positive thoughts, our behavior will be more positive, but negative thoughts will cause us to stay and do negative things. So let's read Philippians 4, 8. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You see, we are instructed by the Lord to think on positive things. Our thoughts, as our thoughts change, so within time our behavior and our attitudes will also change. So just remember, we're talking about transformation. And the word of God says that transformation takes place in the mind. And so we we used to live according to the worldly ways. And we used to think according to the world. But when we became um, Christians, we are new people. 
We got the spirit in us. Now we're not just human, but we are supernatural beings because the spirit of God is in us. So we can't think the same. So we are transformed by our minds into the image of Christ. And the more we think of good and positive things, it will influence our emotions and our emotions eventually influence our behavior. So there's a saying by Frank Outlaw that says, watch your thoughts for they become your words. Watch your words for they become your actions. Watch your actions for they become your habits. Watch your habits for they become your character. Watch your character for it become your destiny. You see, our thoughts are so powerful and it will eventually determine our destiny. So in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And I think there's another translation that says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so he will become. So through the transformation pro says our minds are transformed into thinking the thoughts of Christ. Remember, we've got the mind of Christ. So when you've got the mind of Christ, you can tap in to what God is saying about you, about your circumstances, his thoughts for you. And by doing so, our will and our emotions will be subjected to God. You see, we are transformed from the inside out and the character of Christ is then displayed through the process of transformation. Now, transformation is normally something that takes place with inside of us. You see, and it starts by the mind. And someone once said, and I think it's also a, a scripture which I can't think of offhand, that says, as we um, guard our, our minds, we guard our hearts. Okay, so through the transformation process, our minds are transformed into thinking the thoughts of Christ. And by doing so, our will and emotions, as I said, will be subjected to it. We are transformed from the inside out. And eventually what is displayed is the fruits of the Spirit. So the fruits of the Spirit is the outer manifestation of inner transformation. So let's read Galatians 5, to 23 that says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing there is no law. You see, the fruits of the Spirit, as I said, are the outward manifestation of inner transformation. This is when people start seeing that there is something different about your character and your behavior. Just say, for example, you used to get irritable quite quickly quite quickly but after time things don't irritate you anymore you know you become patient and that is the outworking of the holy spirit inside of you you see the word also says that you will know my people by my fruit so if you're not sure if someone belongs to christ or not this is a very powerful scripture that says the word says you will know my people by my fruit. So my fruit is, as I mentioned, goodness, kindness, gentleness, patience, and so forth. In Matthew 7, 15, 20, it says also, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous, ravious wolves. You will know them by their fruits. So it could be good fruits or bad fruits. It is important that we work 
on developing the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. You see, the Holy Spirit, God says He does the, he, the work He started in you, He will bring to completion. But we've also got a part to play and that we need to um, become disciplined in making good choices. It's, it's that scripture that says, overcome evil with good. And sometimes it's not easy, but it's a choice that we need to make to do what's right. And once we start practicing that, the fruits of the Spirit also becomes evident in our lives. Um, so yeah, and another example is in John thirteen thirty five that says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Um, Matthew seven seventeen to 20 also says, Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, bad, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by the fruit you will recognize them. So that's just another way where God says, you know, if you... A good tree will bear good fruit. That's the inner, you know, once you've been transformed on the inside, you can't but help it, it come out in your behavior. And as I said, your behavior is the fruit of the spirit. But what's very interesting for me is that if you don't bear fruit, you will eventually be cut down and thrown into the fire. And I just want to touch on that because I believe that is when God is saying, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, or, um, you know, we need to work out our righteousness. And, you know, sometimes people, um, you know, give their lives to the Lord, but they don't spend time with God. They don't abide in the spirit. And if you don't abide and you don't work out your salvation or work out your righteousness, you won't be, you won't bear fruit. You'll stagnate. And that's why it's important that we do that. You see, we can't be transformed in our own strength. Also, we need to call on the Holy Spirit to help us. So in Philippians 2.13, it says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So it takes time to develop the fruits of the Spirit in our lives, sometimes even a lifetime. You see, transformation takes a long time. You see, God works with us in layers. Sometimes he will reveal something to you, and you know that's something you need to work through. Some, God only gives you what you can handle, one thing at a time. And we just need to remember that God is patient with us, you know, especially those who give their lives to the Lord. And you think the very next day you're going to be perfect. It doesn't work that way. You know, we've got a perfect spirit in us. And it's through that perfect spirit that we are transformed in God's timing. God knows your heart. He knows who you are. He will work in you in his perfect timing to bring about healing. And part of transformation is healing. Part of transformation is to restore what the locust has stolen. You see, it says, um, I will restore what the locust has stolen. You know, God gives us back the time that the enemy had taken from us. And that is all in his time. Sometimes God gives us things to, to do. And we think, but why didn't you give it us a long time ago? But you see, it's not in our own strength that we can do it. It's God knows what's best for us. So we need to remember that God is with us and he loves us and he wants the best for us. And transformation is not trying to make you 
God is not trying to make you into something that you are not. It is God molding you into the best version of who he created you to be. So God is busy with his masterpiece and the masterpiece is you. And on that note, I just want to take a short break and we'll be back shortly. Hi, this is Alana Olifir with Body Matters and I've just been talking about the function of the Holy Spirit and transformation through the Spirit. But now I just want to touch on the outworking of the Holy Spirit. And as I mentioned earlier on, you know, when the Holy Spirit works in us and he does an inner healing and inner restoration within us, what is evident on the outside is the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit in reality is actually God's character. And I just want to touch on one of the fruits of the Spirit, and that is love. So I just want to chat about that because I believe one of this is one of the most important fruits of the Spirit that any Christian can display. So one of the greatest commandments that the Lord has given us is to love God and to love one another. So in Matthew 22, 36 to 40, it says, Teacher, they asked him, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with and with our entire mind, with your entire mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And secondly, love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So we are commanded to love the Lord and to love others around us. You see, this is a fruit of the Spirit. And it is one of the most important fruits of the Spirit. And um, see, as we work out our righteousness and salvation, the fruits of the Spirit will become evident in our lives. And all the fruits of the Spirit, if you think about it, can be summed up as love. In 1 Corinthians 13, 3 to 8, I think many of you know this um, very well. And it says, if I speak in the tongue of men, if I speak in the tongue of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gifts of prophecy and can phantom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. You see, God is ultimately love. And when the spirit of God is in us, because God is spirit, and it's his spirit in us. And if God is love, then the spirit is love. And when we work out our um, salvation, we should be working out love. And so God says he loves us so much. Let's just look at 1 John 4, 16 to 17, which says, And so we know and rely on the love of God, the love of God has for us. For God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. By this is love perfected. You see, God loves us because he sent his only for begotten son for us he loved us so much then he sent the holy spirit his spirit which is love because it says god is love and that love lives inside of us and when we display love it says love is perfected so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence because we live like like jesus here in this world you see god is being 
But you see, God's being is consists of love. You see, he's a good father and there's no evil in him. Death, sickness, destruction, war, hatred and suffering are not part of God's kingdom. If we look at James 11.17, it says, Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. So when we comprehend that God is a loving Father, we are able to trust in His character and know that He is not out to punish us. In 1 John 4.18 it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not being made perfect in love. This is such a powerful scripture where it says, and I want to read it again, fear involves punishment. Okay, so when we love, love, love God, we will not fear punishment. But when we fear, then we think there's punishment. So it's just a perception. And fear, we know fear is not from God, fear is from the enemy. You see, as humans, we were created to be loved and to love. And unfortunately, when we look in the world today, the worldly perception of love is so distorted by the enemy. The concept of love means different things to many different people. Everyone, I believe, is looking for love and acceptance. And sometimes people look for it in different ways. You know, love is such a powerful force in our lives because everyone has an instinctive sense to belong and to be loved. What we are really looking for is the love of Christ. You see, only God can fill us. As human beings, we cannot fill one another. We can't um, ask anybody to fill us with love. We were never meant to as I say, fulfill other people with love. We can love is actually, if we look at Corinthians, where it shows you what love is, which I'm going to come to, love is an action. It's a demonstration of God's character. But only God, he's the only one that can fill that empty hole inside of us and give us a sense of belonging. You see, when we belong to Christ and we have that sense of belonging, We've got a supernatural peace, which the world doesn't have, because the world's seeking for something to fill that emptiness, you know, that sense of belonging. That's why I believe there's so many, so many gangs and, you know, because in that gang group, there's a sense of brotherhood, belonging, even if it's for the wrong reasons. But that just shows you how, how powerful the need is for us to be loved. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. You see, when we belong to him, we are part of his family. He is our father and we are his children. It's only in him that we find perfect love and have the desire to truly love others. And this is what the Bible says about love in 1 Corinthians 3, 13, 4 to 8. Okay, so love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease, where there are tongues, they will be stilled, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. 
For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. When I was a man, when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And these three things remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. You see, when you look at all of this, you know, love is not an emotion. If you look at love as patient, love as kind, love is a doing word. It's an action. You know, if someone says to you, I love you, but they never hug you, they never say kind words to you, then those words mean absolutely nothing. Um, so when we read Corinthians 13, as I said, we can clearly see that love is not based on any emotion, but it's a decision to choose to do what's right. And in Matthew 5, 44, it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that spitefully use you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. You see, when we choose to do what's right, despite our feelings, we are choosing to love. And you know what? When we, we do choose love, try to do good, you know, do good and not evil, it is hard sometimes. And I believe that's the narrow path. Um, as if the love is an action, you know, we, we have to do that. Without that, no one will experience love. And in 1 John 4, 17, it says, By this love, God's love perfected with us, within us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. The scripture is so powerful, it stipulates that we are like God himself in this world when his love is perfected in us. As he is, so are we in this world. When we manifest the fruits of love in our lives, we become the true reflection of Jesus Christ. You see, that's God's heart, that we will become like him, that we will be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And that is only displayed when we are transformed daily into his image by the Holy Spirit. So I just would like to end on that note. And I would just like to pray for anyone out there that, you know, really feels like, you know, this message has really, really touched you. So I just, I would just like to pray for you. So Father God, I just pray for all the listeners out there. Father, I pray that they will have a supernatural experience with you, Father. I pray that your love will be perfected in them, each one of them. And through your Holy Spirit, Father, that you will, will draw them closer to you, that you will transform them into your image daily, Father God, as they spend time with you. I pray that you'll reveal yourself to them, Father. Your word says we have the mind of Christ. Father, as they tap into your presence, Father, I pray that whatever situation they are in, wherever they find themselves, that you, Father, will give them wisdom, discernment and understanding in all things, that they will know your heart, that they will know that you're a God of love and that you love them and that nothing can separate them from the love of Christ. And Father, I pray for everyone out there today, God, just give them peace. 
and thank you. We want to thank you for what you've done on the cross. We want to thank you for the power of your blood, Father, your blood shed for us, Father God, that through you that we may receive healing and that we may we can be made whole, Father. And even your word says, by your stripes we are healed. And part of healing, Father, transformation and healing go hand in hand. And Lord, I also want to pray that you will send your word and heal everyone that is sick, Father, anyone that is sick. Father, touch them, send your word and heal them and deliver them from destruction. And I ask this, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a wonderful Passover weekend and that you will just be, um, you know, spend time in God's presence, have time to rest and be restored. And yes, I'll meet up again with you next time, next Saturday at the same time. And have a wonderful, blessed week from me, Alana Willifee. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.